All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining me again for another Get Your Shift Straight podcast. I'm your host, David Morin, where we are empowering the adaptive capacity of human beings in an ever more predatory world that seems contrary to the nature of the soul. So today's guest, I am super stoked. I am uh, almost giddy. <laughs> I'm so excited to unpack 25 years of spiritual journey through an individual by the name of Jules Henry Rivers. Jules, how are you today? Hey, good, good, David. Very good. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Um, so this subject of ayahuasca, first, let's kind of add some credibility to Jules's journey here. He's the author of Ayahuasca Wisdom, which is a personal spiritual healing guide through a quantum model of the psyche along as along with the ayahuasca manifesto that's also available in eight languages um it's an amazon bestseller but the real amazon right not 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 the not the online amazon so jules was initiated by peruvian corandero in 1998 in the ayahuasca path and from 2008 to 2016 was a leader and organizer of the Amazon jungle retreats for seekers of full immersion in the ayahuasca experience. Jules, ayahuasca. Wow. This is a topic that is huge, especially in today's world. But before your initiation in 1998, you were in the banking industry for some time. How does a person transition from the world of inflation and interest and lending and money that, that rules the whole world to an alternate reality, an alternate universe where nature is in full control and ayahuasca is the administrator of that. How did you make that switch? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, I have my one-minute answer on my five-minute answer. Uh, so I'll go with my five-minute answer if you want. Please, please. Well, I mean, I was, I was a bank executive. I started to join the banking industry right after college in 1991. Uh, excuse me, 1981. And then um, before that, you know, in college and high school, I got my initiations in, in, in marijuana and LSD and other other other. Uh, psychedelics in my exploration, something that I gave away because um, I found uh, like uh, uh, something was missing in each one of them. Uh, I was looking more into some sort of um, uh, spiritual expansion and I couldn't find it. And then I started my career. I forget a lot about it. It's was a phase in my life. I move on in the rat race of of, of of making money and getting married and have children and all that. And then in, the, in like 18 years into my career, I, uh, I found the opportunity to drink ayahuasca. I was, all this was happening in Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican. And, um, and uh, so a friend of mine told me about this curandero shaman from the Peruvian Amazon that was visiting Puerto Rico and he was giving out these ayahuasca sessions. I said, wow, yes, I have read about ayahuasca a few years before when, you know, the subject of ayahuasca was very rare. I read about it in the 
in the in the one of these uh, in the New York Times. In fact, I have this newspaper clipping uh, uh, in, that interested me. I cut it off and put it inside a book. Uh, waiting for one day, I would do ayahuasca. It was interesting because in that article that I re I read, it was one of the first articles in 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 about ayahuasca in the mainstream media uh, in the late 80s. And it says that this brew from the Amazon, uh, you can, shamans can see the past, the present, and the future. The future, I said, you know, this is a chemically induced vision of the future. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So I said, one day I'm going to try this thing. I have tried them all before and just gave them away. But this time I said, If I find this, I'm going to try it. So 10 years later, it was in front of me, Don Jose Campos, which is this uh, highly recognized shaman. He became my, 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 my teacher. He's the only shaman I have drink ayahuasca with. I'm not, after that, I was not, was not interested in drinking with anyone else. So that, there I was, 18 years into my banking career, on a Friday afternoon, I took my the afternoon off, untied my untied my tie, and uh, and and went to this crowd of young people that was drinking ayahuasca. This guy comes with his sports car, weird for them, and then uh, I tried for the first time. It changed my life. Mm. So it changed my life. That was the first time I tried it. This is when I when I felt what I felt it. It was like. This is what this is the the substance I was looking for. This is it. I got it. finally. This forget about mushrooms. Forget about LSD. Forget about weed. This is it, and that changed my life. So people divide their lives between before ayahuasca and after ayahuasca, and some of your listeners probably would agree. Those of those that have tried it before. So uh, so that was the beginning of my journey. Uh, mm. it, So that's 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 my answer to your question. Wow! Yeah, what uh, quite a profound transformation to try to put in words when you experience something that you see the cause and effect. You see your life in a sports car, money, rat race. Yeah, you conceivably had everything right anyone would ever want. I mean, why? What was the problem? Why did you? Why was there this longing to seek this deeper connection to life? What was missing? Wow. Another interesting question, David. Good. Uh, well, you know, it all started when I smoked marijuana for the first time when I was in the, my last semester in high school. I had all my uh, academic goals done. I have my entrance to college guaranteed. I have good grades. So I took a couple of months month off to try new things. And marijuana was on my list. So I tried marijuana for the first time in the, in the, in the, in the, just before high school graduation. And, uh, and that changed my life too. That was my first change mm. because it freaked me out because I was, I was, I was uh, a very uh, lineal, you know, tridimensional concept of reality that everything that exists is inside this uh, box, three-dimensional box. 
So uh, that's that's why we're always checking the boxes, right? <laughs> right, right. So uh, when I when I experienced marijuana, that changed my perception of reality. It freaked me out. He said, "Wow, I was expecting something that it changed my mood, which it does. That it changed my 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 sensations a little bit. I feel relaxed. That it does all that." but it changed the way I perceive reality. So that was what, how a chemical can change the way my five senses perceive the reality. Mm. And that it took me, I went into like this shock. I mean, a, a con- cognitive shock. It took me like a week to recompose my falling uh, castle of cards, you know, that uh, just crumbled with that experience. So I have to start building it, building my concept of reality again. And that's what gave me the, the quest to explore other psychedelics. And that finally ended up uh, in, 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 in the ayahuasca experience that I just mentioned. But going a little bit, another layer in, down, it's the, what was missing. Uh, is this sense that I think everyone has, that there is something missing in life. Uh, there's something that yeah, once you understand the mechanics of reality, that you grow up, you go to college, and you this, there's something that still misses. Uh, it, uh, and then uh, that was it. That was it. So this is, I think it's something common to most people. That find when when they look at the sky and they look at the moon and they look at the nature, there's a sense of of wonder that uh, that that your heart is something is in your soul, is not in your mind. That this is a sensation that there's something more that you haven't seen. And I perceive marijuana at the beginning and my quest on all all other. Psychedelics, and finally, uh, try to fill that void because it was a, it was a, a a channel, a connection to these other dimensions that were not accessible before, and I they were accessible now with ayahuasca. Mm, it's interesting that our audio broke up for a split second. At one 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 eleven Pacific time, uh, as I'm listening to you. Nice. <laughs> and it was it was a it was a phone call that got into my phone. I I did and I de- declined. Okay, okay, yeah. You know, that is when you realize that distinction between the self analysis of gathering up and checking all the boxes and achievements and thinking. Well, this is the formula that society has given me, the template for success and for uh, meaning, and you're still left with a void. I think in today's world, you, you have this tremendous drive for innovation and innervation, right? You've got innovation in terms of manipulating external things to make your life easier, like technology is a t- cell phones. That's an innovation. It makes life easier, right? Right. And then you have this innervation, which is kind of like, you know, Neo with the little boy with the spoon. It's not the spoon that bends, it's your mind. It's how 
you're interfacing with your reality on the inside. And so in today's contemporary setting, all of these other psychedelics, this whole psychedelic renaissance of all these different substances that you already went through, you already kind of vetted all these things uh, in terms of coming from the ideal, you know, Western achievement status to this emergent immersion in all these various psychedelics people want to use psychedelics and this is my opinion of things and my observation people want to use psychedelics because if you can't compete and innovate with unlimited resources in today's modern world technologically you can innovate and innovation is this process of discovering yourself through your own creative faculty but i think even for me as I've experimented with LSD and with mushrooms and you know, ketamine and also ayahuasca, what I observe is that there is an order of uh, dictation in terms of not just, it's not your creativity, right, that you're experiencing, right? Um, help us understand a little more in the context of all these various substances that are being deregulated that you've experienced and the distinctions between, yeah, some of these things may open these, this creativity, but how ayahuasca is differentiated in terms of putting you on the planet and um, how it orients you in this rooting you as a being into the earth. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, have, I acknowledge the power of all other psychedelics. I mean, the mushroom uh for example is very very profound experiences uh, especially on on a higher uh, doses um uh, lsd the same uh, i mean my experiences with lsd wow and how that can distort uh, uh, uh your perception uh and the fact that the perception is something that can change uh, uh so um so i acknowledge the power of all all of these uh, psychedelics. Uh, what happens is that there's something in ayahuasca that I found different. Is this sense of uh, uh, the fact that going back the fact that I, I I left this behind these other experiences that I left left me with this little void. It was because it was lacking this this connection that I found later in ayahuasca. Uh, Carl um, Jung uses this term uh, numinous, numinous, uh, which is a term invented by a religious scholar called uh, Rudolf Otto. Um, and uh, numinous is like a, an overwhelming feeling of, of fascination with the mysteriousness and tremendousness of life and the universe. And I love that adjective. Mm, I love it too. And that's what I found in ayahuasca. It's something indescribable that that brings a sense of meaning, something that is totally related to the difference between hallucination and vision. Mm. So, so hallucination is one thing that has to do with the distortion of the sensory inputs in your brain. Uh, and 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 for example, you can see a flying white elephant in the middle of your living room while you're having an LSD experience. But you know it's it's fake. 
you know, you're enjoying the show or you're scared by it if that becomes scary. But on the bottom, you know that this is that this elephant is not is not there. Mm. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a hallucination. You know that. And another aspect of hallucination is that it 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 the effects in you of the hallucination uh, ends shortly after the hallucination goes away. It doesn't leave in you this permanent sense of of change. Uh, that elephant just goes away. However, when you have a vision, which I think and theorize that goes through a different pathways in your brain it touches another part of you your more more soul like part of you that you find that that art is meaningful this is why the these visions in the bible you know that i saw god and this and that these mystical experiences that leave the person transformed in shock in awe of the meaning of that uh, a psychedelic experience, the meaning of that hallucination, if you want to put it that way. But there's a qualitative difference, huge qualitative difference between a hallucination and vision. And I think that ayahuasca is more truly visionary than the other hallucinogens that uh, I, 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 I emphasize in in that in that difference mm, so i can that's what I, that's what i feel about it I, I can vouch for that i mean i have um, been part of a ceremony that you've hosted um i want to say two i think three times two or three times now um one for all you fitness fans out there that follow me because of greg uh you know greg plitt had done a ceremony with uh jules and i um about a month or so prior to his passing. Um, but on to the, back to the question and the answer to the, the difference, the distinction between the vision and hallucination, right? Like people have asked me about my ayahuasca experience since I've done that. And I've often just stated very simply, you know, um, hundred, 200 years ago, if you were to say that there were microorganisms that could, you know, that were on your body that could make you sick, you would accuse me of witchcraft or something right. or, uh, or, you know, a telescope saying that I could observe the features on Mars. You would say that I was crackpot tinfoil hat wearing crazy person. Right. But, but we know that telescopes are just an instrument of observation beyond what we have capacity to see in, mm -hmm. in the human, human form. And so I just tell people ayahuasca is very simply an instrument to, um, have these visions about you personal, personal visions about who you are on this planet. Right. And I think, I think that that distinction, because we live in, if uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you would be on the same page as I, in terms of the hallucination, not the vision, but the hallucination that's being projected on the world right now, where something uh, has the power to shut down the world's economy, make us self quarantine, make us abandon our, you know, our personal sovereignty and our own health practices, um, not even be able to go outside and take a, an experimental drug. I would say that that's an hallucination. That's as a, that's a psychosis that an instrument called the media is magnifying the 0.5% chance of mortality and using that on 
100% of the population to impose a worldview uh, on, on people's minds. And to me, when people say, oh, I'm afraid of psychedelics or entheogens or I'm afraid to trip or whatever, they, whatever terms they use, I say, well, whether or not you believe it or not, you're tripping right now. <laughs> It's whether it's whether or not you're tripping in the context of your life, participating in in a vision that's been created for you to experience called life, which I think ayahuasca helps facilitate. But um, when we talk about this fear of hallucination versus vision, right, Mm -hmm. what 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 do people commonly state um, when they when they present opposition or resistance to the idea what are the dangers of consuming ayahuasca or can, you know can you die you know like you see these youtube videos where they're just so dramatic and it's just all out of context and so how do we put into proper context the the respect that one has to have what are the possible dangers if there are any um are there any deaths that have occurred and versus i guess you know if you're talking about you know, in comparison to what, like what, Mm -hmm. what, what, what can we put, how can we put this on, on a scale and a context and a metric that helps people understand truly what are the risks associated, if if any, of taking ayahuasca? Uh, All right. Uh, Well, to put it in the context of your question, ayahuasca is the, the, the best vaccine that you can ever take. (laughs) So, um, being a little bit hilarious about it yes uh, and and in the context of what's going on on the crazy planet right now uh, so about ayahuasca is something that um, you have to be careful and you have to acknowledge that ayahuasca is not for everyone uh, ayahuasca is a very uh a strong experience to say the least it can be very rough in your journey of two, three, four hours that it, it can last. Um, and there's a well-recognized uh, precautions that we have to take when we do ayahuasca. Like, for example, the all the uh, anti, anti-depressants, um, these, these chemicals are incompatible with the Ayahuasca, which ayahuasca in itself is an antidepressant. So uh, it may interact and, and give you a, you know, a, a serotonin syndrome that they call it. It's a situation where you get like insane or crazy temporarily. And some people, sometimes you, you, you end up in the hospital. So it's not, it's not recommended that, uh, that you take a, to the presence mm. to ayahuasca. Uh, yeah, the, the mechanism of action, right, is the distinction. Like most psych meds are operating on the dopamine serotonin pathway, right. the serotonin right. pathway. So you're you're using a drug that's been highly specifically, you know, mechanized and reduced versus a plant that has what numerous, numerous different alkaloids and compounds that are synergistically working together with your brain, right? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And this happens. A, a lot in South America when because I mean there's a little screening and in, in South America you go to a shaman and 
you want to take ayahuasca, okay, come tomorrow. And it doesn't ask you about how many depressants, antidepressants are you taking. Uh, and the uh, bad news that you hear in the news about this person that died in ayahuasca, when you actually dig deeper into what happened in that ceremony, in that session, uh, you realize that it was either for other reasons, totally unrelated to, to ayahuasca, for example, like many times has to do with the nicotine poisoning because people take these uh, uh, tobacco uh, uh, purges that they do as, 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 a, as a separate ritual. And when they drink ayahuasca, they, they, they die because of this nicotine poisoning which is a, a strange way of dying, but it is true. You can Google that and you can see it. And uh, there's also um, people that are heavily into antidepressants and other, other medications that they just want the experience and they just do it. Nobody holds them back. Or oh, there's other people that lie about their medic the medical conditions because they just want to experience ayahuasca and they have and they pay the consequences oh. so there's only a handful of deaths that you can associate with ayahuasca and have uh, researched this this uh, thoroughly because it concerns me and i what i have found is that the the handful of deaths that you can associate with ayahuasca are basically the result of uh, gross negligence from the part of the of the participant, and uh, and, uh, and most of the ones reported in the media, especially in the sensationalistic yellow media in South America, um, ayahuasca has a lot of enemies. I mean, the the, the the mainstream media in South America is mostly against ayahuasca because there's a, a sort of uh, let's say discrimination uh, you know the indigenous culture in the in the in the elites of the capital population the capital of the different countries of America Lima Ecuador eh, Bogota eh, Caracas you know the the, 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 the well-positioned people the people that are in the government the people that are in the media the people that are in the in the in the in the high echelons of society look at the indigenous people as inferior. Unfortunately, oh. you know that is the case. So, and anything that comes from that is like inferior. Are you ayahuasca? Oh no, that's something that is just uh, unacceptable. That's a drug, and there's a lot of discrimination against ayahuasca. Unfortunately, in those same South American countries. So there is like ayahuasca is a, like a subculture that is being appreciated by more more that by the international community that by their own uh, uh, countries uh, because they the international community have explored and have found the value that is in it and now the 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 local people are opening up to ayahuasca. Uh, because they see this enthusiasm from the international community, hey, why, what, what we have been missing here, uh, and they, they're, they're starting to open it up. But in general, uh, the media uh, exaggerates and, and, 
and distorts uh, any potentially bad news coming from ayahuasca and they try to associate ayahuasca to anything wrong that happens in a ceremony for example this guy have a, 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 a an adverse reaction to ayahuasca and they asked, they took they were they were got scared and they want to take this this youngster to the hospital and then they can you imagine bringing a a, a semi in, unconscious person to the hospital in a motorcycle you know oh. so the guy fell from the motorcycle broke a couple of bones died and the report in the media was that this person died in an ayahuasca ceremony you know <laughs> after drinking ayahuasca yeah that's true he died after drinking ayahuasca but you know it was a motorcycle accident you know yes uh, so uh so this is the kind of thing that happened and i have investigated all these reports uh, in detail and i have nothing to fear and nobody has anything to fear with ayahuasca ayahuasca is one of the safest uh, psychedelic that you can that you can have especially because it is self regulated with this mechanism that we call vomiting you know right. so, so <laughs> it's intrinsic in the ayahuasca experience the vomiting you know if you get one milligram in excess of what you can get you just throw up you know yeah beautiful so, there's no such a thing there's not such a thing as an ayahuasca overdose Right, there's there's no LD fifty, right? Right, that doesn't exist. So, yeah. so it's it's uh, that's my take on 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 safety. I think it's very safe. I think it's very uh, and uh, uh, useful and uh, and enlightening. So, um, so this is uh, what I think about about the, these rumors about uh, and, yeah, and, and and that explains why I'm telling you why these rumors exist. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, even though if you Google um, the three greatest causes on the earth of mortality, it wouldn't list medical malpractice. <laughs> but yes. but when but when you look up the the statistics on medical malpractice, and then you parse out that data, and then insert it into the numbers in the stats for the three leading causes of mortality, arthrosclerosis, heart disease, right? Cancer mm -hmm. and diabetes. Mm -hmm. you, find, you find out that medical malpractice in some cases exceeds diabetes as a cause of death, yet there's no bias against doctors. I mean, in, unless you're talking about the most recent past with the, with the controversy over you know, vaccine efficacy or like, you know, just the mandate and all that nonsense, but right. no one's protesting or you know, writing papers in the news of the dangers of going to the hospital. Right. But we've become so alienated to the natural world that the automatic, you know, disposition is to distrust, which comes from nature, which is like, it just, that to me is evidence of mass brainwashing because here you have nature provides you with food in the form of vegetables and, and fruits and, and, and plants with teas and everything and provides the air that you breathe. And yet somehow these plants aren't supposed to be medicine for you. Somehow the medicine application is the one thing that the plants just do completely wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's brainwashing. But it, you know, we've been doing a, a great job of kind of outlining some of the peripheral um, from a non-user's perspective of what ayahuasca is and 
putting into some context based on your experience and a little bit of mine. But um, let's, I'd like to talk about some antidotes, perhaps maybe from the personal perspective, because as you've said, you know, we use these words like astonishing and magical. Um, but ultimately, you know, I often quote Joseph Campbell when he says that, you know, to try to define God, you're doing God a disservice. When you're trying to put the mystical into terms, you've automatically degraded the mystical. Um, so there's this experience that I had when I was in the experience. And like you pointed out, you had flashes of the past and the future and the premonitions. I've talked, you know, ad nauseum about my experience with my heart tumor. And two years prior, I did a ceremony with you, which you carved out a heart in the piece of the vine from, from the vine itself, right. which had particular, yeah, that had particular significance to me. Um, in retrospect, I felt that that was quite clairvoyant. Um, and many other things that as I experience them in real time now, I trigger back to my experience and then realize that ayahuasca, she was giving me a preview of what was to come. And was I paying attention? It was, it was so much information. So I guess, is it magic? I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, obviously we're going to use words and words are loaded with a bunch of baggage that pertains to the individual subjectively and their understanding of these words. But when we talk about, you know, Disneyland, Fantasia, where you're communicating with the spirits of the animals, where it seems as though all nature has a coherent presence, where it's all working together as this vibrant, breathing, living, vibrating uh, field that you're witnessing yourself being a part of. And then I felt like as I was returning to my quote unquote normal waking state, I felt like I was going back to sleep and I felt the weight of my mortal existence being once again grounded to this, uh, this meat puppet, this skin suit, this space suit that just keeps me stuck and bound by gravity. But can you, I mean, you have 25 years and your perspective, and I'm just assuming this is what I've observed from my perspective is your awareness as the Corandero, as the shaman, as the maestro, you're, you're aware of almost everyone's experience in the field that you're immersed in. Can you, can you uh, elaborate a little bit more about your experience and try to put it in t- into terms of what you're, what you're experiencing first off before you became uh, you know, the Corandero, uh, and then kind of after, now that you've taken the responsibility of creating the space, like that to me is just seems amazing. And the responsibility that you have to live with the code of conduct that you, um, hold yourself to knowing sure. that you're, yeah. Sure. Can you elaborate? Well, uh, well, that's, uh, let, let me put it this way. Uh, the, the 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 profoundness of the connection and access that uh, a participant may have with an ayahuasca experience uh, relative to the matrix, let's put it one way, uh, is so diverse and 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 incredibly complex that uh, 
that is like trying to put the ocean in a in a cup, you know, oh. is too much uh, after experiencing a, an incredible number of different types of uh, experiences while in ayahuasca. Uh, for years, I was speculating and theorizing about how this works. Oh, this is that because there's a shamanic perspective, this magical factor, all these myths that I learned from the Amazon that you that the shaman uh, transformed himself into a jaguar and it was a physical jaguar. All these teachings of Don Juan things that happen mysteriously uh, up to you know the 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 chemistry in the synapse of the modern science as, as it understands um, the chemistry of, of of the ayahuasca at work uh, so it's it's so many perspectives on so many angles uh, it's just I just gave up I just gave up mm. tra trying to make sense or to trying to theorize ayahuasca works this way this is what happens when you drink ayahuasca this and this happens oh. it's it's too much i uh -huh. mean i have i have i don't know what's going to happen i mean every time i drink it's different every time everyone drinks it's different oh. uh, And you can categorize or summarize and put, okay, there's this kind of experiences and this is that other kind of experiences. And we can talk about that. But no, in my opinion, at least me, uh, I'm not capable of, of even attempting to, to describe the, what's really going on with this thing of ayahuasca it's like opening the gate to a, a mysterious field that every time you open the gate it's a different show and it's a different memory or different aspect and and can be you know a very a gross into your uh, a biological things about your digestion about your 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 sensations physical uh, fear or it can be as high as visions of extraterrestrial intelligences or it can be about memories in your childhood about memories in your the, when you were in the, your mother's womb or about unexplicable memories of other lives that you don't know if they were past lateral or future You know, mm. it's just too much. It's just too much. So I, I resorted to just a flow and, and live the moment. And it's a Zen Buddhist type of attitude of living my ayahuasca world in the present and, uh, and handling as it comes. Um, help assisted by, you know, the years of experience that, that you know, I carry in my bag. That helps a lot to to handle any kind of situation that I find uh, in my next experience, be, be that either with me or, or facilitating the medicine to others. Mm, yeah, it also seems I know from my 
perspective. It was, it takes faith. It takes yeah. courage. It takes yeah. some courage, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like the requirement. I remember in a, like when I was young, I, from, from the age of like 12 to 20, I was a semi-professional skateboarder. And there's just certain maneuvers that are so technical that you would have to slow them down to perform them. But you would find out that if you didn't have adequate s- speed, the, that you couldn't keep the continuity of your forward motion and the trick at the same time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so the trick would force you to kind of fall because of its technical, because all, all, everything was going on so technical in that second. But if, mm-hmm. you didn't, if you weren't up to speed, you wouldn't be able to proficiently perform that trick and keep going with the forward rem- momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it's, it's strange that we, like as a guitarist as well, when you're learning a new kind of scale or a new progression, you almost have to slow it down. Like you, you have to chew slowly your food. You know? but, right. but if we all lived by chewing our food so slowly, we wouldn't get a lot done. So, mm-hmm. right, so right. there's this, uh, you know, this, we live in a world that's so on this Gregorian calendar, you know, with the wristwatch that we have to stay on this schedule. And it seems as though, as you stated, all of that gets completely disintegrated as right. soon as you take that leap of faith. Right. 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 So do you have any like interesting testimonials? Some people that have profoundly kind of stuck out as earmarks in the book of your life and being an administrator of ayahuasca. <laughs> Stories is like, you know, I have a, a few collection that I have accumulated over the years. There's so many, so many stories, so many testimonials. Uh, yeah, that that go from the from the basic to the incredibly unbelievable. Uh, people that drink ayahuasca for the first time and having you know the the experience that they were looking for and not needing to drink it again ever because they just made it. And people that drink for 30, 40, 50 times and, and still are just scratching, scratching the surface on their issues. Mm. So, uh, so, for example, this, this guy that is, is a Muslim guy that comes from Jordan and, and, and he he's, he's, has a, this tobacco addiction uh, for, for, for many years because he learned to smoke in his early teens in Jordan with this uh, uh, hookah. Uh, smoking, you know, this this big mm-hmm. uh, tower of uh, with several hoses and people socially smoke at the same time, and it's a it's a tradition in Jordan, and and it's it's, it's not only the, the the nicotine that is working, but also the the mystique of the social thing around the tobacco and the hookah and the and the social bonding that that occurs around that. So this guy is in America now, and he wants to quit uh, uh, smoking. And he has tried all sorts of that methods, the patch, the hypnosis, this and that, and the brute force, trying to break cold out of it. And he has failed in all modalities to quit smoking. And he comes to, to me, and, 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 and I always ask participants, what what what? Especially first timers, uh, why do you want to? Why do you want to do this? What, what, what do you want to do? Ayahuasca. 
what's for. So I, I like to pick in their in their minds and their souls to see what's going on. And he was very, you know, bluntly clear. Oh, I just want to quit smoking and I can't. And maybe Ayahuasca can help me. So he takes the first cup, one cup, for the first time in his life. He's laying there on the floor. And he's, he, he, the testimonial that he gives me afterwards is like, I was there sitting, uh, and then I felt this big uh, ball of, 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 uh, in my stomach, like growing. And then I asked what this ball is about. And I saw in front of me like a ball of smoke. Uh, and it has to do, I know it has to do with smoking. So this ball started to grow inside my stomach. This is the vision of the hallucination, whatever you want to call it, right? They have this subjective impression that there's something in his stomach that is growing and it's starting to feel uncomfortable. And he's starting to feel the, 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 the tissues in his stomach to stretch and to feel like something is like a balloon growing in his stomach and, and it's starting to pressure from the inside out. And he starts to worry and start to, to, to get concerned about that. And especially when it starts to become painful. And then he calls me, hey, I'm feeling this in my stomach. He says, relax, relax, work with it. I'm here with you. Uh, go through it, go through it, find the courage go through it. This is something going on here. There's a breakthrough building up. Uh, don't panic and, and like, you know, be like, I, I appeal to his manhood. I say, be like a man and hold it and do it and you can go through it. Go through it because there's some healing going on. I don't know what it is, but go for it. And the guy, you know, got pumped and, and, and it's, it's, it's just painful. I mean, you can, you can sustain it. The pain is going to go away. It's not going to be forever. Go for it. And the guy starts screaming, oh, ouch, ouch, this is hard, this is painful. And he felt this ball getting elongated and start to go up through his uh, esophagus. Uh, and was stretching, the, the esophagus was stretching. And then when the, and he felt this sausage, let's call it, going all, all the way in reverse through his esophagus coming up to his throat. And he, when it reaches his throat, I mean, you can you can make an X-ray and there's nothing there, you know. This right. Is his, this is his experience. Uh, and then uh, when the sausage, let's call it that way, go through his throat, he starts freaking out because he's gonna, you know, asphyxiate. He's gonna die because he cannot breathe. And then he start uh, holding his throat with both of his hands and observing this guy like rolling over in the ground like you know, this, in this, in this uh, ordeal. And then he opened his mouth very big and he feels like this sausage is coming out. And when it came, finally came out and he was in pain, feeling that his tissues of his throat was breaking in pieces. And he thought that he's going to be bleeding that hard and that dramatic was his experience. When the sausage finally came out of his mouth, what he, he opened his eyes and he saw in front of him this vision and it was the hookah that he just bought three months earlier. Uh, oh. to friends, he, a hookah came out of his stomach, you know, oh. and then it was a three feet long 
hookah. Oh. This is the hookah that he has in his house. Uh, and then uh, and he, he, this hookah came out through his mouth in his, <sighs> in his vision. So, and he, and then the hookah exploded and dissipated in smoke. And the spirit of ayahuasca told him, it's over. From wow. that day on, he lost the cravings for smoking. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. It's almost like in the quantum field, you know, the light that's been crystallized in the water that his body's made of. Right. Was was able through the chemistry of ayahuasca to create this vision that was so real. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the future consequence of those actions would have resulted in like, you know, statistically probable lung cancer or some type of illness. Mm-hmm. His his conscience is telling him he needs to quit. Mm-hmm. So what a what a profound physical reaction to yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So for, for me it's like the programming in his neural network that can be described as the habit of smoking uh, through the quote-unquote magic of ayahuasca, this neurological uh, uh, programming acquired the shape, the symbolic shape of a, of a hookah. And, and, and uh, the removal of the hookah was the deprogramming of this of this uh, of this habit and uh and when the hookah got out it meant that the that the programming in the brain just got deleted and uh and the and the and the pathways that were part of that habit uh were reprogrammed or you know uh reconfigured and uh and the craving that was coming out from that programming, which was what he experienced as the as the as the craving or the addiction to nicotine, uh, was just it just got away. So my take is that ayahuasca in one cup of ayahuasca was with his include uh, an, an important element of that in that healing was his profound desire to heal. He came with this ayahuasca was this last hope, oh. you know. He has tried everything. He was in agony. He wanted to quit. His father died of lung cancer. His grandfather died of lung cancer. Oh. His uncle died of lung cancer. And he didn't want to die of lung cancer. And he tried of everything. And this time he said, this is it. ayahuasca. Is it. So he put all his energy has to do with his soul. It has to do with his spirit. And when you go with this intention, like going for it, like with all in, in your poker game, you know, uh, miracles happen. And ayahuasca is just a, 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 a catalyst of that miracle. That's the, oh. way I, that's the way I look at it. Wow. And, and that's, that, of course, full disclosure, won't happen with everybody in every case. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, very it's... particular, very unique to each situation. Look at that situation. All the background, the Jordan thing, the, the, the cancer death of long long yeah. cancer in his in his family i mean all the attempts that he has tried before and failed and he came with this hope in his heart and 
and asking, begging for help. All this, all this is so so important in the in the actual result, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. not that some. It's not like somebody that drinks a pack a day and let me try ayahuasca and see what happens. You know, that's a totally different story. Mm. That's so important, right? I mean, we talk about the set and setting, right? And we talk about right. the, the intentions, right? right? The right. intentions. Right. People, right. people can even deceive themselves in the attempt to project an intention, which is really not well thought out or not well intended, or they're not serious enough. Right. right. You can't, you can't go like, like, for example, someone, I would guess someone who, you know, who doesn't complete their tasks, right. Doesn't finish what they start. And then mm -hmm. they go, they, they go into ayahuasca and say, well, why am I not successful? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like they want a different answer than the most obvious one right 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 <laughs> but let's let's transition to this psychedelic renaissance and is plant medicine and ayahuasca a transitional um phenomena where we're reawakening to the states of mind that should be occurring naturally and how ayahuasca is like a guide a return a, re a restoration back to the human being um, and being able to meditate and being able to have those visions on your own with a daily practice. Um, tell us about this phenomena that's occurring with the, the psychedelic Renaissance. Why are psychedelics have, why have they emerged again? You know, they were suppressed in the sixties and uniquely, I guess, ayahuasca because DMT is the active ingredient. It's endogenous in human beings. It's you know ubiquitous throughout nature and plants. And that's kind of like how amazingly intelligent nature is, is to say, well, you can't legalize uh, something that occurs naturally in every organism. So, so this is kind of the one that slipped through the cracks, you know, and has seeded this, this psychedelic psychedelic revolution along with, help from like Rick Strassman and the DMT molecule and doing, getting the studies done and things like that. So let me understand the question better. Yes. The psychedelic Renaissance. What do you, what do you think? Do you think ayahuasca is the, the predominant consciousness that's responsible for this? Um, and from the perspective of, of yourself or try to elaborate for me. Cause I have no idea. I'm just learning, you know, um, this Renaissance is this psychedelic Renaissance, a transitional period where people will get off of the altered state that we call modern society and end up in a, a state where we don't, we don't need to turn to the plants so much because we're in a crisis. Do you think like plant medicine perhaps has a, a less regular use. Like it has its moments where you're supposed to use it. Um, but now it's a craze. Like everyone's doing, everyone's signing up for retreats. Everyone's going. It's like, my concern is like, is there a dependency factor on the experience? Are, or is our plant medicines specifically to be used as a transition from a hyper sensory society to re-regulate the human organism back to a state of awareness that's true, our true orientation on the planet. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, to, to answer that question, I need to 
address the nature of the soul hmm. of the human beings. Okay. So this in fact my 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 in my book which I present this model of the psyche it basically talks about a triple self like the ego self the con the subconscious self and the soul self and uh, and they are all interconnected and they're all blended together but separate and together and it's you know explained in the book with a model of a quantum model uh, but uh, there's something that is called the soul and we all have a soul but however the soul has been neglected by science and by the field that is supposed to embrace it, which is the psychology, you know, psychology from, from psyche and the study of the psyche. And the psyche is soul, literally translated from Greek. So, however, you today you go to college and you make a doctoral thesis to get your PhD in psychology and you mention the soul as an intrinsic element of whatever you're trying to postulate in your thesis and uh, you're going to fail. They're not going to approve you. You know, mm. the soul is like taboo. You know, I mean, that doesn't exist. They have been stripping off the soul from all the attributes and they have been giving them to what they call the subconscious mind. And in my book, I also uh, debate what mind is. And, uh, and there is a mind is something that uh, I go in detail into that, but mind is, does not exist. I mean, mind is you. You are mind. Uh, so it, it's not an organ that you have in your brain. I, uh, when, I, when you say keep it in mind, I mean, I'm saying remember, right? Uh, but who remembers? Well, remember, the ego remembers, and the subconscious mind remembers, and the soul remembers. But there's no mind anywhere. So mm. they have created this abstraction of mind, and they have transferred the attributes of the soul to the mind so like to demystify the divine nature of humans uh, and, and treat humans as animals that think. Mm. Uh, but there's more than that. There's a soul. Yes. And, uh, and that's, so I have to take, talk about that before talking about your question. Yes, sir. And your question is about this renaissance with psychedelics. What happened with psychedelics? that have been there for, for forever, these molecules were put there in nature for some reason, because I have in my brain the receptor of that molecule that without it, that plant would never have an effect in me. Mm. So I have the built-in neuroreceptor for these molecules that are already there as if they were put there to, for me to find them one time. One, one day and, and, and connect this, this, this uh, receptor with this 
molecule in this plant. Uh, so what I'm saying is that uh, the psychedelics plays very special role that what it does is that opens these gates to have more uh, direct ask access from the ego to the subconscious, to the soul. So this is our trichotomous nature. We are not only ego, we are not only subconscious, we are soul beings. As Denal de Chardin said, we are spiritual beings living a human experience. Mm. Uh, uh, so psychedelics uh, open these gates, something that uh, is not possible by any other kind of substance, this category of substances that does include all of them. Uh, have the ability to open these gates. And what happens is that, that the ego gets, gets this uh, uh, refreshing uh, sensation of relief, of, of, of wonder, of, of wow, of awe that, 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 that pleases the soul and, and, and resolves conflicts and dissolves uh, uh, contradictions and con synthesize opposites. Uh, and all these things happen uh, consciously and subconsciously. And this is why a lot of people are traveling to Peru, you know, mm. because there's some relief at your soul level. And yes, we hope that it's only a transition that you would, that you would eventually uh, reach those states without the assistance of these substances. But as I say to some people uh, in the in the ayahuasca community, you know, one cup of ayahuasca is like a shortcut of twenty years of meditation in the Tibetan temple. You know, mm. probably these lamas reach these states of that uh, and these visions and all that that we do with ayahuasca and they they do uh, without ayahuasca uh, after 20 years of training you know plus uh, the an ancestral programming right they're already embedded in a tradition that right, allows, right. Know, trans the transmission of that knowledge right right so 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 it's uh it's something that is um is very uh, convenient this psychedelics work placed there somehow or evolved there somehow for the eventual connections of the receptors of my brain and uh, and to 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 uh, to jump start my human nature to to the next level and that's uh, that's that's the value I see in psychedelics and the discovery of this and the popularization of this well is making you know the potentially a transformation of society. I hope that happens. It, it's incredible. Okay, so I recently, you know, a lot of my followers and contacts know that I was recently in the Sequoia National Forest, and I visited um, the largest trees on the planet, which are the giant Sequoia redwood trees, some of which are more than 3,000 years old. Right. Now, this, this is an interesting speculation, okay? Now, just, just play with me here. Okay. But, this this idea of 
how these compounds emerged in relation relationship to the human psyche. And then, and then you, when you look at the vast spans of time that vegetation have observed versus the human organism and that plants deliberately use mammals and because they're not mobile, they're stationary, but mm -hmm. they, they design specific ways of their seeds and cones to kind of be stuck on organisms or to be edible in, in, in you know, when you make them fruit, um, to be transported by mobile organisms so that they can find desirable places to, you know, be planted and re regenerate. So if we're, if we're looking at plants from this perspective of that, they're intelligent, which there's a bunch of studies that show like, you know, predation, like the relationships with like acacia bushes and how, when they're suffering a degree of predation, they'll secrete pheromones that trigger uh, the plants to become inedible and bitter to the organism, say, for example, deers that are eating them, they'll become right. inedible. So for self-preservation. So along the lines of this kind of intelligence that plants have, is it, I wouldn't think that it's out of the realm of the possibility that when plants started experiencing the predation of the industrial revolution, and the and the incessant uh you know domination of nature from this kind of uh, the dominator part of the reductionist scientific mentality of western civilization that they perhaps even created the compounds themselves you know in these various plant in these various forms and plants specifically that would bind to these receptors it's it's fascinating to think that plants are a step ahead of us, no matter how far off track we get. That is, long as you're willing to let go of everything you think is important and connect to the living world, then there's hope for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Well, uh, I think... We'll leave it with that. I know I'm going to be joining you March 16th, 17th, and 18th. Um, that's going to be an incredible journey. Um, if anyone wants information, you can contact me directly, and uh, I'll pass your, your information on to the, through the appropriate channels. Uh, the two books that are available, uh, Julio Jules has the Ayahuasca Manifesto, which is a PDF that you can kind of go to a website and download and read it for yourself. And then um, your other book is called the uh, – your other book is – Ayahuasca Wisdom. Ayahuasca Wisdom. Wisdom, yes. Yeah, and you, so can that, search, you can search that in Amazon, and uh, there's a, a, an extensive table of contents of 145 topics in that book that you can read modularly. You don't need to read it sequentially and pick and choose the subjects that interest you most and you have a, 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 a joyful uh, afternoon of reading. Beautiful. And so the ayahuasca coaching that um, do you do you offer this kind of coaching? How can people contact you or well, I have you... A, in, in the meetup meetup uh, platform? Okay. Uh, there's a, I have a page there to offering free integration services for ayahuasca. So you can go to Meetup, 
look for my name, Jules Henry Rivers, and uh, and you'll find a page there where you can access and uh, and uh, and uh, get in contact for free coaching. I mean, this is part of my mission of helping others, and uh, and I'm I'm available to help anyone that is is has, has experienced ayahuasca and has any kind of a need to integrate, understand, or make the experience more valuable to to their daily lives. Oh. So I'm 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 willing for I'm available for that. So go to meetup.com and and Google me. I'm I'm there for you. Beautiful. And everybody, I'll put all of this information we've just gone over in the show notes, so you'll have links to access the two books, and uh, you'll have Jules's name, so you'll be able to find him on the meetup. So once again, this is David Morin for Get Your Shift Straight Podcast. Jules, thanks so much for joining us today and enlightening us with your extensive experience with ayahuasca. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, David. See you we'll, talk, we'll talk All again right. soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye-bye.